Okay, let us get started with Parshas Vayakel, Tavshin Ayin Dalid. Every Parsha gets its own Shabbos, so this week we have Vayakel, and there is what to talk about on Parshas Vayakel. We start off with something that we related to last week as well, and that is the Mitzvah of Shabbos. The Torah starts off, Vayakel Moshe, this week's Parsha, is called Aspenei Yisrael Vayomer Lehem. Moshe gathered all B'nai Yisrael and said the following to them, He gathered them and said, These are the words that Hashem told me to tell you. Six days work shall be done. And on the seventh day it shall be holy. So Shabbos, one of the times we had last week, we had this week. A number of points that we're going to have relating <coughs> to the Mitzvah Shabbos. Parenthetically, if any rabbi gives a shear this Shabbos afternoon, that is a special kiyam, because the source for giving a Shabbos afternoon shear is the Medrash at, this week's, at the beginning of this week's parasha. Vayakel Moshe. Moshe gathered the people and taught them Hilcha Shabbos. That's in the Medrash at the beginning of this week's parasha. So that is uh, a special kiyam in this week. Shabbos Shabbason Lashem. Shabbos is to Hashem. One time in source number one, there was a man that came and met the Chavetz Chaim. And the Chavetz Chaim <coughs> was, tra- was traveling in uh, Petersburg, Petersburg, and everybody went to meet the Godolador to meet him. Passing through, they wanted to meet Mekayim, the Pasik, they wanted to meet the Chavetz Chaim. And among the people that came through, one of the Ashirim, one of the rich of the city, they wanted to get a, a bracha from the Chavetz Chaim. Nigash Ashir Echal Chavetz Chaim Nasan Shuma Gedola for Yeshivas Ran. He gave him a big donation. He put a he shook his hand and folded in with an envelope. He says Rebbe, want to uh, want to just uh, share with you. And all of a sudden the Chavetz Chaim took it and didn't let his hand go. Kept holding his hand and he started crying and crying and crying. And the man says, What? What? What are you, what are you crying for? I just gave you. Well, you're so happy. I just gave you such a big dona- donation. You didn't even look how much it was. So says the Chavetz Chaim as he kept holding on to his hand. This hand gives so much staka, but this hand doesn't keep Shabbos. That's why I'm crying. Chavetz Chaim was always crying. He didn't let go. He kept crying. And the heart of the Ashir melted. And he started crying. He says, Rebbe, Amar Ashir, he says, from today on, I'm going to keep Shabbos. You got me. That's what they say, the Chavetz Chaim's power. Just the, just the cry of the Chafetz Chaim. I'm going to keep Shabbos, but, but next week. I just need one more. i got a few things to take care of this week. Just one more Shabbos. That's it. That's, I just, this week, and then after that, I'm done. I'm finished. I just need one more. And the Chafetz Chaim kept crying and said, Reb Yid, if it was my Shabbos, I could be mocha. If it was up to me, if I was in control, that's fine. The problem is Shabbos is not mine. Shabbos is Baruch Hu. I can't be mocha for him. And he's not ready to be mocha either. The Asher hears the words of the Chavetz Chaim and realizes he doesn't have a choice. This week's parasha, Shabbos Shabboson Lashem. It's a Kaddish Baruch Hu Shabbos. It's not our Shabbos. We are his subjects, and we are subject to his will. And we must follow his dictates and, and keep the Shabbos. I think I mentioned in the past, I must 
once met someone who, who learned in Radin for a little bit of time. And, and he said, mentions that the, I asked him once, what, tell me something about the Chavaz Chaim. He says, the Chavaz Chaim was always crying. It's always crying. He says, here's one story. <coughs> but he says, whenever the Chavaz Chaim heard about a simcha, about a baby being born, about an engagement, about a, a wedding, he says he started crying. It was like his own child. Smarsa had such avas he struggled. It was like his own child was getting married. And Rahman al-Islam, when he heard of it, Sarah, the opposite way, something difficulty, some sickness. And he was crying because it was also like his own family. He says he was always crying. He's here too. Here he was crying because of the pain and then the encouragement that he wanted to give this man. Shabbos Shabbason Hashem. Shabbos is not ours. Shabbos Shabbason is HaKadosh Baruch. Okay, that gets us started. And now we continue. A couple of other points related to Shabbos. One, a question that many Mepharshim ask, and we've dealt with this in, in the past as uh, a number of years ago. And that is, we know that Shabbos is the beginning of this week's Parsha, and right after Shabbos, Vayomer Moshe al-Kal Adas B'nei Yisrael Leymar, Ze'adavar Shatziv HaShem Leymar, this is what you shall do, Kichum Eitchem Truma L'Hashem, Konadiv Libo, Yivyeha, and we have a whole list of items that are going to be brought for the, for the Mishkan. We have Shabbos before the Mishkan. Juxtapose, just like we know, the source for Malecha Shabbos is from the Mishkan, but this is different than what we had earlier in the Torah. Shruma Tetzavah Kisisa, we also had the Mishkan juxtaposed with Shabbos, but in the opposite order. Shruma and Tetzavah are about the Mishkan, and then we have the beginning of Kisisa, which mentions Shabbos. The beginning of Kisisa is also about the Mishkan a little bit. Right? We have the Shkalim, and we have the Kiyor, and the Ketores, and the Shem and the Mishcha, and then Shabbos. So Mishkan and then Shabbos. Here we have also the same juxtaposition, but the opposite order. First we have Shabbos, and then we have the Mishkan. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, first he gave the Mishkan, and then he told them about Shabbos. Here we have the opposite. First we have Shabbos, then we have the Mishkan. So a number of years ago we mentioned the Beis HaLevi's idea. Today we're going to mention the Klayakar. Klayakar, one of the great Darshanim that we have in Prague. Source number two, an idea that is well known that he himself says, and we discussed this from him in a totally different context. I gave it to you again in Parsha's Matos, in source number three. Two Klayakars <coughs> that have the same idea. It says the Klayakar, Umashehikdim b'Parsha's Kisisa, Mishkan v'Shabbos, over there in Kisisa. You have the Mishkan before Shabbos, Vikasav, and also the Pasik says there, Ach Tishmoru. Ach, but keep my Shabbos. Lidrosh Ach. What do we learn from that Pasik of Ach? That word, She'ein Mishkan Docha Shabbos. Build a Mishkan, but don't be Docha Shabbos. That's what we learn from that one word, Ach. Ach is an exclusionary word, but don't, don't be Docha Shabbos. Why don't we just put Shabbos first? We have the Mishkan, and then, oh, but, but, Shabbos. So if you just put the Shabbos first, like we have in our Parsha, so then you won't have to have that word, ach. So it has to be together anyway. So before, beginning of Truma, so it won't be called Truma. It'll be called a different name. Put Shabbos first, and then the Mishkan. So, says the Klayach. Hine. Let me explain. The Agavzeh, and besides explaining why it had to say the word Ach there, I will also explain our question, Why Moshe Rabbeinu changed the order 
of the sections. Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tzivalo Tchila Al HaMishkan Umoshe Hikdem HaShabbos. The difference is, beforehand HaKadosh Baruch Hu was talking. And now Moshe Rabbeinu is talking. A well-known thought. Vizeh Ki HaShabbos Einbo Ki Im Kvod HaShem Yizbarach. Shabbos is all about Kvod Shemayim. Shabbos is the day that we're made. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. That's Shabbos. And that's something that the Umos HaOlam cannot fathom what that means. What Shabbos is all about? It's all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Briyas HaOlam. Lahoros Ki Hu Yisbarach Hidesh Olamo. He created the world, including Shabbos. I mentioned in a, in a past year that, interesting, if you look in the Gemara, in the first parak in Masechah's Megillah, where the story is told of the Septuagint, of the Zakanim that were put into private rooms by the Greek king Ptolemy to translate the Torah, and they each miraculously made the same ten changes, same ten changes that they knew Ptolemy would, would ask them about. Instead of saying, Bracious Baralakim, it says, Alakim Baralakim, Instead of saying, Nase Adam, we shall make Ese Adam. Number of changes. And one of them is that they changed the Pasuk about Shabbos. Vayachal Alokim Bayom Hashishi. Instead of Bayom Hashvi'i. God, they didn't say Hashem finished on, on Shabbos. Why? So the Pshad is, the Pshad, one of the Pshatim could be because Talmai couldn't understand. What do you mean? Shabbos is a creation? No, there's a cessation. Shabbos is Mamela. You don't work, so this is resting. No, but we know Shabbos is an active resting, is an active testimony. Hashem created Shabbos. It's a creation. Shabbos is made to God's greatness. The Mishkan, Mishkan line 12, Morekulo al Kvod Yisrael. The Mishkan is about Am Yisrael's greatness. Sheviter lohem baruchu that Hashem was mevater. Hashem was mochel. The Cheta Egel. And said, I'm going to rest my presence amongst this nation, between the Kruvim and Umachalem Avoda Egel. And the Mishkan, everybody was, <coughs> was metaktik <coughs> and volunteered and gave donations until there was, there was no need for any more. The Mishkan symbolizes the Jews' greatness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts the covet of Am Yisrael first. While Am Yisrael puts the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu first. That's the switch of the order. That's why it's before. The Mishkan's forced before Shabbos. But once that's true, Hashem had to put the Mishkan first because Hashem wants to put our covet first. But once that's true, that's why you need the Ach. Even though I'm mechabed you, the Mishkan's first, but it's still not Docha Shabbos. So that a mistake is not made by thinking. That's why Ach had to be mentioned. Moshe says, no way. I want to give cover to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's I switch the order? I don't need the Ach anymore. Because Shabbos comes first. So Mamela, we know that the Mishkan is not Doche. Umitoch Kedimazu, through this switch of the order, Yuvan Mamela, it's understandable. Shashabbos Doche Melechaz Mishkan. That Shabbos is Doche. Ki mi nitche mipremi, hu omer hakatan min hagadah.
That's why the order is switched. HaKadosh Baruch Hu always gives us covet and we give him covet. And the source of this concept is already in the Gemara in the beginning of Masechus Brachas on Davav, where the Gemara discusses what is written in our tefillin and what is written in Kavayachal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's tefillin. The Gemara says Hashem, that Hashem wears tefillin. Right? Last week's parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Harini Nos Kvodecha, and Hashem says, no, you'll only see my back. And Chazal Darshan, the back of the Kesher shall fill him in the back of God's head. Kaviyachal. Kaviyachal. Okay, God doesn't have any physical features. So the back of God, what does it say in the Tefillin though? So the Gemara says, in our Tefillin, Hashem alokeinu Hashem achad. We bask in the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it say in Hashem's Tefillin? Mi ka'amcha Yisrael goyechad ba'aretz. Who is like the Jewish people? HaKadosh Baruch Hu always is proud of us. It's like the parents always talk about the children. The children are proud of the parents. Hopefully it works in both directions, but they're each behind the other one. Kodesh Baruch Hu and, and Am Yisrael. And it comes up many other times as well. Right, it comes up, let's just do the one that we mentioned in the past, in Parshas Matos. The Klayakar, the beginning of Parshas Matos, notes at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, which is the end of Sefer Midbar, because all of Sefer Dvarim is his last monologue that he has towards the end of his life, the last couple of weeks, the Klayakar points out that Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu to take revenge from the Midyanim for all that they did, and he calls it Nekom Nikmas B'nei Yisrael Me'ez HaMidyanim. Revenge for the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu turns around and says, Nekom Nikmas Hashem. Get the revenge of God. Same exact idea, explains the Klayakar, because the Midyanim did two evils to Am Yisrael. They themselves were lowered, but also their relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu was affected. They forced us to sin and be distanced from Hashem. And also the Israel, that 24,000 Jews were killed. Hashem is more worried about Am Yisrael's revenge. For you! I'm more worried about it. Nekomnik mas b'nei Yisrael. And Moshe turns around and says, no. Nekomnik mas Hashem. Right? Klayakar, same, same idea. Also we've mentioned Chaga Matzos, Chaga Pesach. The Torah calls the Yontif, the holiday in Nisan, Chag Hamatzos. Pesach is not Pesach. We call it Pesach. But the Torah calls it Chag Hamatzos. Again, explains your Levi Yisraeli Barditchev because Matzah symbolizes our greatness. We left Mitzrayim with nothing and we didn't even wait for our bread to bake. Two million people going out without any provisions. And yet we did it. The Shem calls it Chag Hamatzos. We call it Pesach. Hashem was Pasach Hashem. He passed over our houses. He passed over and guarded the firstborns. Pesach and Matzah. And I heard recently one more that I've never mentioned before. And that is the difference between which is the first month of the year. We know there are two first months. Two first months. Nisan and Tishrei. Rabbi Tam even says, in the Tosis in Rosh Hashanah, Elu ve'elu Elu Hashem thought to create the world in Tishrei, and Lamaisa he created the world in Nisan. But Lamaisa, what happened in each month? What happened in each month? Nisan, we went out of Mitzrayim. Tishrei, Hashem decided to create the world. Briyas Olam. Briyas Olam. And Lamaisa, what we say, Chafei Elul is the first day of creation, and Tishrei is the birthday of Adam Arishon. So Tishrei symbolizes Briyas Olam, And Nisan symbolizes Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. When do we say, what do we say is Rosh Hashanah? 
A Jew acts as Rosh Hashanah, Tishrei. Tishrei, because that's about Maisa Bracious. Tishrei, that's what we say. We change the, we change the, that's, that's what we, the Torah doesn't call Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. The Torah just calls it Yom Trua. Chazam. We say it's Rosh Hashanah because we want to emphasize Briyas HaOlam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Rishon Hu Lachem Hashanah Nisan. Because he's focusing on, you see us, that's right. He's focusing on Am Yisrael. So even in which is the first and which is the eighth, and uh, that also, we're tipped off by the order that is given. So it all starts with Shabbos and the Mishkan and the Mishkan and Shabbos. <coughs> Moving right along. One other point regarding Shabbos. One other point regarding Shabbos. There's more to those, those uh, ideas, but uh, we'll leave it today. Says the Maral Diskin. Fascinating Maral Diskin. If we look at these Psukim, questions that others ask as well. Sheshis yamim te'asem alacha. Question one, why is it in the passive? Ta'asem alacha. Te'aset, shall be done. Work shall be done. So some say, oh, it should be as if all work is done on, on Shabbos. Okay? But still the question remains. Te'aset, why te'aset? Furthermore, what do you need that whole phrase for? What, Hashem has to tell us to work for six days? Of course we're going to work for six days. We're not going to work on the seventh. We don't need to be told that we're going to work during those those six days. Why can't Hashem just say that we'll rest on the seventh? Those are the two questions asked by the by the Maharal Diskin. Says the Maharal Diskin, What do we need to know the work? For those six days, Haloha Iker Balahodienu Israsiabiyamashvi. The Iker is the seventh day rest. So what do we need to know? The work on the first six days. Number one. The Otsarech Lomar, Madua Loomar Teasemalacha Kamo Sheshis Yamim Tavod. The Aseras Adibros. The Aseras Dibros is active. Rashis Yam Tavod. And here it's Teaseh. So what do you need the whole phrase for? And once you have the phrase, why is it in the Teaseh? In the Nifa. Says the Maral Diskin. Two, two ideas here. Step one and step two. Two separate ideas, but we'll still focus on the first one first. Venira Lomar. As we know, our context, Chazal learned out, Rashi quotes it, that the Mishkan is not Docha Shabbos. Kvosh Kasav, Rashi. That's why. Shalachain Hiktim Lamazar Shabbos Tsivui Malechas HaMishkan. Lomar she'eno doches hashabbos. That's the context that we're learning. V'nei mavur b'medrash, the medrash tells us the maleches hamishkan hayanase benes. The entire building of the mishkan, as we know, Betzala was in charge and Ahaliyav was in charge. But Lamaisa, how did any Jew know, know how to build anything? They weren't trained. They knew how to work with cement and mud. But how did they know how to build these intricate, detailed? Kalim and curtains, how they know. So what the measure says? They had divine help. They had divine help. The Jew had to take the first step. He had to try. But once he tried, A Malach came and was his teammate. Sewing, a Malach came and helped sew it. This, every time a Jew tried and started acting, a Malach came. The Im Cain says the Maral Diskin, that's 
what the Gemara, the Pasuk is teaching me. Hayahavamina, the mutulasos af b'shabbos. I, if I'm only doing half the work, maybe I could have had a havamina that it would be mutter on Shabbos. because it's just like the halacha of shnayim sha'asauhu. If two people on Shabbos do a malacha that one person could do, that's not an isidaraisa. If two people carry a pencil outside without an Erev, they're each usher doing an isidra, they're each doing half a malacha. An isidarabana. If two people have to carry a heavy couch, okay. But if two people are carrying, two, doing a malacha that one person could do, so then says the, the Gemara says, Shnaim Shasu'u is punter. So here it's like Shnaim Shasu'u. The malacha is doing half, and I'm doing half. The Alzeba, Kasav Lomar, that's the emphasis. Sheishas Yamim, Te'asem Melacha. The malacha is done, you're not even doing it. You're not even doing most of it. The malacha is doing half of it. Te'asem Me'atzma. And therefore, you might think that it is Doche Shabbos. Even so, that's the emphasis. It Dafka says it. To, both questions are answered. It says said to allude to the fact that the Malach is doing half of it. It's done for you, and that's why it says that phrase. Because even though the Malach is doing it. Shabbos, you still have to rest. Uvayom Hashvi Tishbos, Yelachem Kodesh, Shatem Asurim Basiyas Malacha. Why? Why isn't it Shnaim Shasuhu? Continue reading the Pasik. Shabbos Shabbos on Hashem. It's Shabbos in Shemayim also. It's not just Shabbos here. Shegam Eitzel Hashem Yisparachu Shabbos. Vimkain Oz Gama Malach. Lo Yisayeschem Shabbos. He's not going to help you on Shabbos. He's not going to help you. And therefore, you're going to be doing the whole thing. That's why it says the passive, and that's why it says both phrases to emphasize to us that even though you're doing it in a passive way, you still have to stop on Shabbos because Shabbos Shabboson is Lashem. Point number one. And then we get to point number two. For that, we have to continue reading the Pesukim. <coughs> After the Pasuk of Sheshes Yabim, we have... A specific malacha mentioned in the Torah. Lo sevaru eish b'chomosh v'osechem b'yom ha-shabbas. Do not light a fire in any of your moshavos on Shabbos. And as we know, this is what the Karaites believe, that you are not allowed to light any fire, you're not allowed to have fire in your house on Shabbos. And that's the Balamor and the Ran and Masech Shabbos. It's quoted in the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch that if somebody does not have hot food on Shabbos consistently... Maybe he's a maybe he's a karite because he takes his puzzle literally. No fire in your house on Shabbos. They don't have any hot food. Karites have cold food on Shabbos. Can't have any fire, right? It's the marker. We dafka have challenge. We dafka have something hot. Lahotzi mi libon. Okay, that's the uh, simple uh, shot that we do not understand that way. But what do we learn from here? This is the Isra of Havara, the Isra of lighting a fire. One of the Lamates Malachas. The Gemara has a machlokas amoraim. What is this? Why is this one singled out? Out of all the malachas, what does this teach me? So the Gemara has a machlokas, which we're not going to get into right now. But the question that we might ask is, one of them had to be singled out. That's the machlokas in the Gemara. Why was it this one? 
The Machlokas of Gemara is just about, since you have one of the Malachas singled out, that teaches me something about all the Malachos, that they are all independent. But why was this one picked? The Torah could have said, the Torah could have said don't plow. There is a puzzle like that. Don't write. Right? Any of the 39. Why does the Dafka say, this Malacha, don't light a fire on Shabbos? Why is that the one picked out of all of them? It all, there's another Pasuk elsewhere about Hotza'a. But other than that, the other 37 are not mm-hmm. mentioned explicitly in the Torah. So why here is Havara mentioned? Number of suggestions. We'll go this year with the Maharal Diskits. Mashapirate, second column. Mashapirate, Malachas, Vosavaru, Eish. Bechol Moshevoseichem, Yosemi, Kala Malachos. These bars are Derech Apshat. Let me explain. I don't know if it's Pshat, but he calls it Derech Apshat. Dehinei Moshe Karalakal Yisrael. Moshe called the Jews, Va'amar Lahem, Du'ulachem, Shashem Yisbarach Tzivalasos HaMishkan. Hashem told you to build a Mishkan. Ve'yubo Melachos Ka'ele V'cha'ele. All these Malachos will be the ones that you must do in order to build the Mishkan. Udu'ulachem eno ki osan ha-Malachos atzmam ha-Shatiru he'asuib mishkan All the Malachos that you're doing in the Mishkan you're not going to be able to do on Shabbos. That's what Moshe told them. Just like we know it, that's what Moshe told them. All of these Malachas, you're weaving, you're coloring, you're writing, you're carrying, you're doing all the Malachas. Right? Tosfos and Chulin even says that Al-Derech Nes, it was, it was a desert. They planted. They planted. Okay, Al-Derech Nes, the Be'er Miriam made it fertile around where they were. But says the Maral Diskin, the Alkane where it's underlined, Hutzruch Lafarit Lahem, Meleches Havara Biprotrot. You had to say Havara explicitly. Why? Because suggest the Maral Diskin, this was the only Malacha that really wasn't done in the Mishkan. What do you mean? Hine, Kamalachas named Super Mishkan. Amnam Havara, Loai Super Mishkan. Where did they light a fire in the Mishkan? Dehine Mavur, the Makar, if you remember the Makar for the, the Mishkan, that means Binyan HaMishkan, not the daily Avod in the Mishkan. The building of the Mishkan. There is a day of Rav Haigon that says it was the daily Avodah, but Rov Rishonim, Rashi in a few places in Shabbos, Sadi Beis or so, Rashi says it was the building of the Mishkan. So when did they use fire? We know that the building of the Mishkan had to take place by daytime, not by nighttime. So they didn't need fire for light. Skip a couple of lines. They didn't need fire for light. It wasn't done. What? To cook the samamanim, to cook the dyes? But that's the malachas already included in a different malacha, suggests the Maral Diskin. That's cooking. That's malacha number 11. Zulas havar de bishul samamanim, dehu bichlal bishul. That's included in bishul. So that wouldn't be, the same act would be two malachos? No. Be one malacha, he suggests. The yodi and even if you want to say, this was assuming that the Mishkan is just like the Mesa Mikdash that was only by day. Even if you want to say it was by night, they didn't need light at night by the Mishkan. Why? Lo And the footnote he points out is not a Gemara anywhere. It's a Brisa in Tosvis and Shabbos. 
The Brisa about the Mishkan Tosas and Shabbos Chavezim Abes. That the Amud Ha'ish lit up like daytime and even gave the Jews X-ray vision. There was a barrel. They were able to see what was inside the barrel. Shamud Eish, I am Maryland, the Israel. Af Mashipetafiach. They didn't need the light during the day. They didn't need the light at night. When they cooked, that fire was labeled as a cooking fire, not a lighting fire. That's his assumption. The Imkain, when did they ever light a fire? Stam for lighting a fire. For, for light, for heat. They didn't. That's why you had to say this one, Dafka. Moshe Vedu says, all these malachas here, you can't do a Shabbos. And you know, there's one more. Losavaru eish v'chomosh v'oseichem v'yom ha-Shabbos. And it also explains in all of your places where you go to live. What's the emphasis? Why do you have to say that? You can't light a fire on Shabbos. But the point is, because here it's not Shaykh. Here there is no lighting the fire. But where you go, wherever you might live, outside, after Poba Midbar, Lo Shaykh Havara, Lahadzlakas Haner, even though here in the Midbar you don't need it, to Hayeshno La Amud Haish, Avahaya Yezman, there will be a time, to Lo Yi Amud Aish, Kisha Devol Eretz Yisrael, Viteshu Shama. And that's why it says, Bechomosh Vosechem, because then you're going to light a fire, and that's going to be also for you to do on Shabbos. So it was not in the Mishkan, and it explains, Bechol. And he explains at the end, that's why Dafka, this malach is picked out of, <coughs> out of out of all of them for it to be an example of the one that is mentioned explicitly in the Torah. Okay. So those were our three ideas related to Shabbos. We have the Chavetz Chaim story. We have Shabbos versus Mishkan in terms of the order. And we have passive, the Teoseh, and resting on Shabbos, the two ideas of the Maharal Diske. Now let's move on to the Mishkan, because that's the rest of the Parsha. And we go to Pasig Dalid. Pasig Dalid through Yutes or so. What's here? Take Truma to Hashem. Anybody who has a raised spirit, Yevi'eha as Trumas Hashem, Zav Achesef, Unechoshes, gold, silver, and copper, Tzcheles, Argamant, Lashani, all the list of items. Oroselem Adamim, Shemen Lamar, the oil, Avnei Shoam, the whole list. Not on the surface the most exciting Sukkim. Right? The lists and lists and lists. As Aaron, as Badav, as Kapores, as Ashulchan, as Badav, as Kalkelov, the whole list, all the way from Pasik Vav all the way through Pasig Yudalin, a whole list of items. Says the Archaim HaKadosh, let me make it exciting for you. He doesn't actually say that, but that's what he's basically trying to do. Let me give some substance to these Tsukim that just list off all of the raw materials so we basically know everything already. Ra'isi, source number five. Ra'isi Lasse slave. Bechala parsha b'seder his chabrus Hashemu suprati advarim says there a chaim akadosh and if you're a bal kore you will understand what he's about to say why is it that on this list some items have a vav and some items don't have a vav and it doesn't just go by the psukim if you look go through the list 
Zav, Vachasef, Unachoshes, Uschid, Vagaman. The beginning of they all have Vavs. But then it goes into ones without. Es Hamishkan, Es Alo, Ves Mechseyu. Es Karasav, Ves Karashav. Es Richav, Es Abudav, Ves Abudav. And it's not just the Vav at the end. Es Haron, Ves Badav, Es Hakapores. Ves Parachazamas. Yes, no, yes, no. There's no rhyme or reason. Says there, Achayim HaKadosh, of course there is. And there's a meaning for every Vav. And for every lack thereof. And sometimes without it. So line 10, he says, let me explain. What is the Vav doing? And then everything will be understood. Let me start with a Medrash that says, Ki Havav Yagid Hiskashrus Hanosaf Im Harishon. Avav doesn't only mean and. It's not only connecting and saying this and this on a superficial level, but Avav means that there's the same level of Kedusha to the two items. That's what Avav is doing. It's not just connecting them, but equating them. That's the Vav. Without the Vav, they're independent. They're independent levels of Kedusha. Now let's read the Pesukim. If there's no Vav, then it's independent. You need the Gavlus of the Archaim HaKadosh to even suggest something like this and then go through every detail to tell us what is the message. He says, well, the first few Pesukim, they all have a Vav. Why? Because look at it, the, the whole list, the first three psukim, that's the list of raw materials brought by all the Jews. Then it goes into what they used those raw materials for, the kalim and the begadim that they built. But first, Pasuk, Hei, Vav, Zion, and Ches. And Tes, those are all the raw materials. They all have a Vav. Why? We're talking about what each Jew brought to the Mishkan. It's all equal in the eyes of God. Doesn't matter if somebody brought gold or silver or copper or wood or treles <coughs> or hide. Doesn't matter. It's all equal in the eyes of God. That's why there's a vav by everyone on the beginning of the list. Let's read that. To connect and to equalize. And the schus of every Jew is equal. The bringer of copper is equal to the bringer of gold. Like the Mishnah says at the end of Masechus Menachos. Doesn't matter if you bring a big cow, doesn't bring, bring a little flower to the Mesa Megdash. Or, or a bird, it doesn't matter. So the first list, which is about the raw materials being brought, so that has a vav by each one. Also, line 20, And you need all of these. Not only are they all equal in terms of their givers, but you need all of them. And that is all First few psukim. They all have us. Now it gets tricky. But says the Archaim HaKadosh, that's all mitzah the giver. But the kalim themselves, we know have different levels of kedusha. What these raw materials we use for. 
אבל בערך הנעשה ממנו, יש בהם הדרגוס הקדושה. כמה קדושות הם זו למעלה מזו. They're not equal. All the different types of kalim. So, now let's start going through it. Pasuk Yud Aleph. Es ha-mishkan. What is the mishkan? If you look earlier in Truma, the mishkan is the bottom curtain. We know there were three curtains that hung over. That was the roof. The mishkan didn't have a roof. It had the curtains. Three curtains. The bottom one is called the mishkan. So it says, Es ha-mishkan, es ahalo, ve-es mechseyu. Those are the three curtains. The bottom one has the most kedusha. That's the one that sees the inside. It sees the special kalim. So that's why there's no vav by number two. Because number one stands alone. Between two and three, there's a vav. Because those are connected. Both of those are piled on the mishkan. And they're both kadosh. But they're not like number one. Which opens up. Which faces the inside of the mishkan. That's why. Es mishkan es alo, ve-es mechseyu. Hinei, let's read it. Hadargas ha-mishkan, sheim yirios ha-tachtonos, liyo shemesachachin al-ha-kodesh, heim ba-hadarga me'ule, me'ahalo mechseyu. Right, it's on a higher kedusha. Ho-asuyi me'ha-aroshenim ro'in p'nei ha-kodesh. They don't. But the top two, they are equal. V'yamar ve'es mechseyu, so it equals them. Then it goes through, and again, we're not going to go through each and every one. The Yerachayim does. We're not going to go through each and every one. But he continues and goes through it. And he says... If you focus, you'll realize the krasav and the krashav. Those are both little metal pieces that are used to connect the curtains. Those are equal. So that's why there's a vav in between. Brichav, the locks that were used, that has a higher kedusha. Each one it goes through. What about Pasuk Yudbe? Is the next Pasuk. Es ha'aron ve'es badav. The badam, the poles of the aron with a vav. Why? That's part of the aron. As we know, there's an isudar To take the poles out... Lo yasuru mimenu. The badim are part of the aron. That's why there's a vav. It has the same kedusha. Shame geder hakedusha hamaulesh rebayis. Es vomer ve'es badav yodia kasev ki kulam shavim ki shavim abadim legufo shel aron bekedusha. And but after that, es hakapores the cover separately. The kapores. So it's separated. The ace parochas amasach. The kapores and the parochas, he says, has the same kedusha. And you go through each one. The chulu. Menorah and the kalim of the menorah, they're all connected. The shemen, the mizbech haktores, all the kalim inside the heichal, all have vavs. Because those three kalim, the mizbech hazahav and the menorah and the shulchan, we're all connected. We're all on the same level. The same level of dargas, dargas hakedusha. And that's why you have vavs in all of these. So again, L'Archaim HaKadosh, Avav not only connects, but equalizes. And that is why when Vavs are used and when Vavs are, are not used. And he goes through the continuation. Feel free to, to look it up. Moving right along. After the whole list of items, the very next Pasuk, we have the raw materials brought. We have the Kalim listed what they were going to be used for. left. What does that Pasuk add to my understanding of the Parsha? They left. Okay, they brought. Of course, after they brought, they left. They went out. Moshe gave this whole command. They went out. And the Pasuk Chafalev, they bring it all. What's the emphasis of Pasuk Chaf? Says Moshe Feinstein, 
they ran out. Vayetsu. They got the command and they said, we have work to do. We need to get started. Source number six on top right. Tamuatuva, Mashmienu Bakan, Yosem Mishar Makom. What do you have to say this for? They went out. The first or the second Mida, beginning of the um, the Ramchal, the Mesulos Yisharim, Zahiras and Zrizus, acting with alacrity. Moshe, you finish? Okay, we're leaving. They ran out. Take if They ran out, even though the Mishkan wasn't going to be built for and, and workable for a while. Rashkodis Nisan. It was a few months. Mitzvah Baliadi Altach Mitzana. The a whole Pasik in the Torah to teach us the concept of Zrizus. We've mentioned in the past the amazing story in Sefer Shmuel, where David Amelech, once he brings the Aaron back to Yerushalayim, he asks the Navi, he asks Nasan, I think it is, says, Can I build the base of Migdash? Nasan says, Go right ahead. Build the base of Migdash. That night, in the middle of the night, Nasan gets a dream. And for Hashem Baruch Hashem says, go right now. Jump out of bed and go tell David he can't build it. His son's going to build it, but he can't build it. Ask Rashi over there in Sefer Shmuel, why couldn't he just let him sleep for the night? He had to wake up his Navi in the middle of the night. Run to David! Go tell David! You have to stop in the middle of, wake him up? Well, you're going to wake David up? Says Rashi, no, 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 David wasn't sleeping. If David got permission to build a base of Megdash, He's definitely on the phone. He's taking care of things. He's a Zaris. And Dove is on his... Don't, don't let him go through the whole night and make all these plans and have to undo it. Go right now. Because that's, that's Dove Hamela. And that was all of Am Yisrael. All of Am Yisrael acted as Zrizus. As we know, Zrizim, Magdim, Milamitzvus. A whole Pasuk in the Torah just to keep up Zrizus. I don't know if Maboka, there are others, but this is the whole Pasuk says Rav Moshe to act with Zrizus. There is an interesting diuk. It's quoted by uh, in the Margolias Hashas, Sefer on Mesechas Psachim on Davdalin on the Sugi of Zrizim. He's medayik that it says Zrizim Adimin Limitzvos, and not Zrizim Adimin Bimitzvos. What does that mean? We have to act with alacrity until we get to the mitzvah. We have to quickly, quickly, quickly do all the preparations and do everything. When we're involved in the mitzvah, take it slow. We don't have to rush through the mitzvah. When we're doing the mitzvah, relax, focus, have kavana, zrizim adimin, lit mitzvos. Until the mitzvah. Like run to shul, but then you gotta walk in shul. Not to run in shul. That's what he says. Pamafis pate matinu bachazal, zrizim adimin le mitzvos. My le mitzvos, my dua lo amru bi mitzvos. Elalem lam deinu, leo zrizim ba ace ha hachana le mitzvos. Not to wait too long. In contrast, when you come to actually doing the mitzvah, That's uh, Once we have Rav Moshe open, there was a thought that we did three years ago, but I didn't fully remember it, so I figured I could mention it again. And people say always, you don't, have to, you don't have to give an excuse, you don't have to apologize. I like to apologize, I don't like to repeat. Could be that somebody listened to three years ago, she or yesterday. So, either way, that was, um, 
It's open on the same page, so we'll mention it again. Rav Moshe has another uh, another idea. Perak Lamed, hey, Pasuk Lamed. A few Pesukim later. Vayomer Moshe Bnei Yisrael. Moshe says to Am Yisrael, Ru'u kara Hashem b'shem. Hashem called him by name. B'tzalel, b'tzalel, ben Uri, ben Chor, l'mati Yehuda. Vayamale yoto ruach alokim, Hashem filled him with with divine wisdom. Bechachma, t'vuna, the major, the head of the architect, uh, head of the building committee in uh, in the Mishkan in in the uh, the Midbar. Esther Moshe, unbelievable. What's Ru? What does Ru mean? See, what's Moshe saying? Look at B'tzalel. Look, look, Ru B'tzalel, Karasi B'shem. What what's the, what is Moshe trying to tell them? What is he trying to tell them, and what is he trying to tell us? What, what they see that he has the talent? How do you see? How do you see that? So in him, he didn't build anything yet. He didn't build anything yet. What do you mean, Ru? What should they see? It doesn't say when Aaron was chosen to be the Kohen Gadol. Doesn't say this. Venira says Ramosha thought that we could each take with us. Mishum. If Hashem gives any person any type of talent, any talent that we are given is given to us for a reason. God says, I'm giving you this in order to use it properly. The fact that we were given it is not in our control. That's up to God. What we do with it, that is in our control. But step one, we have to realize if any of us has any type of talent, it was given to us for a reason. Not to squander. Even though it is not decreed how we use it. That's our free choice. But if we're given the potential, Hashem's going to hold us accountable. Because He gives us, I gave you this talent. What do you use it for? I gave it to you for a reason. So, says your Moshe, read the Pasik. Simple understanding of the Pasik. Look with your eyes. Hashem kara b'shemes b'tzalel, that he's going to do the Mishkan. Hashem was mamalehim kol advarim shetzarech lazeh. The fact that he has all these talents means that he's the one, that obviously Hashem wants to be in charge. That's what it means, see. You know why this person is chosen? You know why he's chosen? Because look what he could do. If he could do it all, that's the reason why he's chosen. And that's a reflection of God's will. And it's not only in the Midbar. We think we can't get any, any life messages from Parshas by Yakel. Right here is a life message. Whether we're giving wisdom, whether we're giving strength, whether we're giving money, assets. We're giving it in order to fulfill what Hashem wants us to. When we see people that have tremendous talent and tremendous assets and they don't use it all for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's their Bechira. Hashem gave it to them to use in a certain way. 
and it's up to them. Step one is out of our hands. Hakobi de Shamayim, Chutzmi Yerushamayim. The Yerushamayim, the Bechir Echavshis, that's us. That's what we have to do. But that's Ru Karbashayim. Look at Betzalel. You want to know why he was chosen? Look at his talents. And that shows Hakadosh Baruch Hu chose him, and he wants him to do to do what he needs him to do. Okay. Moving right along from a safer that I never quoted from before because I just got it two weeks ago. Perak Lamaches Pasaches. Skipping a couple of prakim now we have to the list. Every we, every year we have to talk about this Pasik. The Maros Atsovos. Vaya says the Pasik that they made, Moshe Rabbeinu made, or Betzalo made, the Kiar, the copper Kiar. The Ace Kano, the base for the Kiar and the Kiar itself. What did he use to make the Kiar? Bimaros Hatsovos. He used the mirrors. Asher Tsovu Patsachalomoi. Watch mirrors. What mirrors are we talking about? So Rashi quotes, we know the Rashi. Binos Yisrael Hayum Bayadan Maros. The young Jewish women had mirrors. Shero Ospohen Kashein Miskashtos. They used the mirror when they beautified themselves. And they didn't prevent themselves from bringing this. Moshe is like, these mirrors, these physical gashmius mirrors, we're going to use in the Mishkan. Made them, well, you know what these were used for? For the women and the husbands. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Kabel, you take those mirrors. I love these mirrors. They're very beloved to me. Why? What is It means armies. There were armies of Jews that were born through these mirrors. What does that mean? The men in Mitzrayim that did the backbreaking labor, they come home from a hard day, they just want to collapse. They don't want anything. And the women brought them food and brought them drink. It's like Gemara and and took the mirror. And she looked at her husband and herself in the mirror and convinced him that we're beautiful. Come on. We have to keep the Jewish people going. They were maybe the Baalei in the day Taiva, and they gave birth in the fields, and the Kodesh Baruch took care of them. The Gemara even says that the children were swallowed up by the ground. Kodesh Baruch took care of them. Wonderful. There's a phrase in that Rashi that might have been bothered, that might have bothered you over the years. It says the wives take the mirror, they look in the mirror together with the husbands, and what does she say? Ani mimcha. I'm more beautiful than you. What does that mean? Like the insult, the hope, what is she insulting the husband? Right? She's like, oh no, I don't want to fight. I need no, I mean, what does that phrase mean? In the middle, everything makes perfect sense, except that phrase. I need no, I mean, so Rabbi Ganak Sefer on, on Chumish, in the Birchas Yitzchak, source number nine, posed this question, and he said he wants her to answer from Rishmuel Kamenetsky, that explained as follows. On line 10. I need no, I mean, no, you got to put the comma in a specific place. Ella, shahayofi sheyesh lahen hu mi baalehen. Ani I'm beautiful. You know why I'm beautiful? Mimcha from you, from you, from our relationship. That's why I'm beautiful. 
It's like you're the sun and I'm the moon. And what a beautiful relationship we have. Everybody's making a simcha this week. Here it is. Okay, he says he also heard, that's the answer to the Rosh. But he says he also heard once from Ravar and Salvechik another idea where we see a usage of a word that you have to put a comma before. Not exactly the same, but he puts it here, so we'll do it. There is a famous Rambam in Hilchas Shuva, actually a famous Rivet. The Rambam says in Hilchas Shuva that whole parak of Parakimbal, the Rambam talks all about different types of heretics. What's a min and what's an apikaris and what's a kofar. So there the Rambam says there are five people that are minim. What's one example of a min? If I believe God has a body. If I believe a God has a body, that's a type of heretic. Ha'omer she'isham ribonechad, there's one God. Abel, but he has a long white beard, he's sitting on a throne in heaven, and we're going to have to stand in front of him in the future. That's a min, the Rambam says. It could be somebody is, uh, you know, just misguided, but he's still a min. And the Ravid jumps on the Rambam and says, you call that person a min? What do you mean? There are many people that believe like that. It's the Ravid. The Lama Karol is a min, line 16. Vikama gedolim vitovim mimenu halchu bezua machshava. There are many great and good people. Mimenu. What does that mean literally? More than him, there are greater people, greater people than him. Lefimasherobimikros. You look at the psukim in the Tanakh. It sounds pretty anthropomorphic. Veyoser mimasherohu bedivrei haagodos hamishabshos hazadeos. You're right. The Rebbe's not saying I believe in it, but he's just saying that it could be that some people believe in this. And who says that? That's a, a min. So we know that the Rebbe many times attacks the Rambam and he doesn't mince any word. He doesn't, doesn't hold himself back. Right? We've uh, discussed one a couple of years ago an unbelievable machlokas between the Rambam and the Rebbe about the Gid HaNasheh and Karim Pesach. The Rambam says, you don't take the, Karim, the Gid HaNasheh out before you roast it. The Rebbe says, if I had the Rambam's Karim Pesach in front of me, I would throw it on the floor in front of him. And he's very graphic in his... But here, what does he say? He says, there are many greater people better than the Rambam that say this. Does he really mean that? Gdolim vitovim mimenu? That's pretty insulting. And to say this about a certain type of, of belief that most people don't hold of. So said Rav Aaron Solveitchik, that also mimenu should not be understood as mimenu. Just like we add mimcha shouldn't be really understood as Mimcha, in terms of comparing, so too here. is greater than the Rambam. So from us. There are many great people from amongst us, from amongst Shomri Torah Mitzvos that believe in that. And if you even look in some of the old Kisveyad, the word Mimenu is taken out. Or the Arsameach says, Me'amenu. That's his Girsa, which is the same exact idea how Ravana Salvechik interpreted the Mimenu of the, of the Rampa. Either way, we have Ani Noeh Mimcha. We have a beautiful Pshat from Rishwal Kamenetsk. Okay, last thought for the evening. We go to the Haftorah. We don't always touch on the Haftorah. This week we have a chance to. The Haftorah, this week, Parshas Vayakel, 
is from Malachim Aleph Perak Zayin, a description of the Beis Hamikdash, Mikdash Rishon. Shrumetetzave is about the Mishkan. Sefer Malachim teaches us about Mikdash Rishon. Mishnayis in Midos talk, tell us about Mikdash Sheni, and Yechezkel tells us about Mikdash Shlishi. Right? Oh, so here we have Mikdash Rishon. If you look towards the end of the Haftorah, the pasuk tells us that Shlomo Hamelach built ten menorahs and ten shulchanos. Ten menorahs and ten shulchanos. That's what it says he did towards the end of the towards the end of the Haftorah. Right? He goes through the. Uh, the uh, Amudim, right, this is just a section. There, 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 there are many, many psukim that describe the, in detail, the, um, the Yachin and the Boaz and, and all of the uh, elements that are involved. But here it also talks about the, the Minoros that are, that are mentioned. And part of it, not all the psukim are, are quoted here. The question, just trying to find the puzzle right now, might be in the continuation. But either way, it's, it's part of the... Um, Part of the Haftorah. It could be in some different different Haftorahs end in certain places and don't end different Chumashim. Kan Mesayim and Svaradim, Ashkenazim, Timanim. But in one of the versions, it even goes to include the Pesukim. Even if, even if not, this is a question that we could deal with. Shlomo Melech built ten menorahs. And the obvious question that we could ask is, how could, why did he do that? And how could he do that? We have an Isidar Isa quoted twice in the Torah of Baal Tosif. Now let it add on to the Torah. Doesn't the Torah say you build one menorah, one one shulchan, one mizbeach azav? Doesn't it say that? So it, wouldn't it be Baltosef? Why were there ten? Why were there ten? So the answer must be that there was a misorah, but that's not true. Only the Mishkan was supposed to have one. And there was a Torah Shabbat Peh, that they were supposed to build more than one, or they could build more than one. Could build more than one, just like the Rambam says, and they give it to you, the Rambam says that the shulcha, the uh, shulchan, and the um, other items, the Mizbeach Azov, in the Beis HaMikdash, were all metal. Even though in the Mishkan, they were made out of wood also. What changed? How do you make it metal? The answer is, it could be Tarshav Alpet tells us that Mishkan, Shubat Zav is only for the Mishkan. But there were some changes. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, there's a hint in the Torah to these ten menorahs. If you look into Tzavah, and Rabbeinu Bachai says there are many tens in the Mishkan. The Kapuos, that those learning in Masech has sukkah now. Well, how do you know the height of a sukkah? At least according to one of the sources. You know it from the Aron. How tall was the Aron and the Kaporos together? Ten Tzvachim. That's a ten. Rabbi Rabbeinu Bachai, source number ten. Hakapara Shabbat Kabbalah Lachazal Sheyia Avio Tefach Migzera Shava Shal Pnei Pnei Mashlima Lasara. The Menorah. What does it say? Teaseh Hamenorah. Teaseh. Which Chazal say, oh, it was very hard to make, so it was made by itself. But there's an extra yud. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, that's the remez to the ten extra menorahs that. Shlomo HaMelech built. L'kachas ha-shlomo eser menoros. She'ena kavana she'tetzava tor menorah achas. V'she'yavu shlomo v'yasav em eser. No, it's not that Shlomo changed something. Or by the Shulchanos. Or by the Kiorim. But it's over about Tosif. Avala HaKadosh Baruch Hu modia l'moshe b'har. Hashem already told Moshe. In these parshios. Truma tetzava v'yakel. Ki kishayivnu beis ha-migdash. Ya'asu asara. Torah Shabbat Peh. 
but it's hinted to with the Yud. And it was a Kabbalah, it was a Misora until then. And the Menorah had a ten, seven branches, Kafter Gavio Perach, Eser Yerios, many tens, because ten is a unit, but that Yud, that Yud clues us in to the ten. But one other Hosafa. And this is the Gavos of the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma says, I'll give you another reason why ten. Not just because of the Torah Shabbal Peh, but Shlomo HaMelech figured it out. Again, the Meshachachma back into Tzaveh. Says the Meshachachma, you got to do a little math. got to do a little math. Let's see. V'yayin sham ta'am al shulchan v'kiyar. V'chulu. Where it's underlined. Mishum de Darish, Shekivan, Shebe Mishkan, Haya Rochav, Eser, Al Shloshim Ama, Haya Menorah Achaz. What were the dimensions of the Mishkan inside? 10 by 30. 10 by 30, and a height of 10. So, what was the cubic volume in the Mishkan? Says the Meshachachma. 10 times 10 times 30, 3,000. 3,000 cubic volume gets one menorah. That was in the Mishkan. Hachesh now, fast forward, Beis HaMikdash. What were the dimensions of the Beis HaMikdash? 60 by 20. And the height was 30. 60 times 20 times 30, if you do the math, it is 36,000. So the Mishkan had one menorah for 3,000. The Beis HaMikdash had 36,000. It's 12 more. Times 12. Says the Meshachachma. Shlomo Amalek says, if one is for 3,000, you need 11 more, really. You have one, but you need 11 more. But 11 is not, you have to be equal and parallel. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be in the middle if he did 10. Five and five on each side. And that's why he did 10. Because that's what the dimensions of the ratio comes out to. And once you're doing ten menoros, there's a halacha that the shulchan always has to be connected to the menorah. That's why you need ten shulchanos. It's different. But this is at least mikdash risha. We have a head like the Meshachachma. We just got to delve in to every letter. Teaseh. Ten. Or just do the math with the ratios. Says the Meshachachma, we understand why there were ten menoros in the Mishkan. Whenever you have a parsha Vayaka, Pakude, just got to search a little bit and search a little bit. And the messages come with us. As we know, just to end again with Moshe, with uh, Rav Moshe, every koach that any of us have is given to us for a reason and we have to make sure to use it to the best of our abilities. Okay, we'll stop here.